0: Today on the uh, podcast, uh, Coaching for Profit, this is Brandon Moore with uh, BKMPC, Certified Public Accountants. I am excited today to talk to you, the, the business owner, about the people question. Uh, what is the people question? It's, well, it's about when to hire, who you should hire, how you should hire, and then what to do if you make a hiring mistake. One of the most important questions for a business owner, uh, it's it's a huge decision Implications on the business for the individual being hired is hiring the right person. I prefer to be understaffed rather than overstaffed, usually because when you hire somebody, you disrupt their life. I've been that guy. I've been the guy that was hired for a position, moved my whole family, Um, and then nine months later, the company was uh, feeling a little bit rocky, and within the next four months, 12 months total, I guess, 13 months total, I was uh, let go. And so it wasn't just me, it was most of the staff, uh, because they had, had some legal trouble. So, you know, my whole life was disrupted. I had two kids, we were in an apartment, in a lease, and I couldn't, you know, how do you get out of a lease? Uh, How do you look for a job when you don't have any money coming in? Uh, So I do understand how important it is to make good quality hiring decisions that do not disrupt, or uh, if you do disrupt, it's a long-term decision. So let's get started. First, when should you hire? Well, you should never hire out of desperation. Uh, Hiring your employees should always be strategic. If you have a question about a certain candidate, uh, whether or not you need some or can afford somebody, you don't do it. If you have an immediate need and it seems like you can't move forward and you just feel so stressed, don't hire. Step back a second and look at what your needs actually are. Um, I've got five things that you can do before you hire. Uh, This list is, I just decided to come up with five. There could be 15, there could be 20. Uh, But for this podcast, we're going to do five. Uh, The first thing is getting input from your team. If you have a business uh, leaders, a leadership group in your business or an executive team, uh, get input. Find out from them what they think about what positions are available and open and what your major needs are. If you don't have a team, uh, for a long time, I was a sole practitioner. Um, I had to talk to my friends other business owners and of course I talked to my wife uh, she's my biggest uh, counselor has been my my business counselor for 20 years so they what the, what your what your business counselors what your executive team and your leadership team will do is they'll give you an outside perspective they'll give you a different perspective of what the needs of the company are and how you should go about filling those needs the second thing you need to do is review your budget Uh, There are some consultants that say that maybe you should start a a checking account and start putting money into that account to see whether or not you can afford that new person. I'm not saying that you should do that. I'm just saying that that's out there. Reviewing your budget is very important. I've had times in the past where I thought I could afford a new staff. I I went and hired somebody, and in the next year, I saw that my debt increased by the amount of their salary and i realized i had made a hiring error and so i just don't want that for you guys so the first thing that you do is you get input from your team the second thing that you do is you review your budget the third thing the third thing is preparation work that every every business owner needs to do for all of their positions is write an activity based job description of what that person will be doing so if you see those activities and you're you're looking at all the activities that you think that person can do or needs to do or that you're hiring for, maybe they can be divided and spread throughout your current team without creating any burden. And so this exercise does two things. One, it really defines the position if you do hire somebody. And then secondly, it may help you in the decision not to hire somebody the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to get input from your team the second thing you'll do is review your budget the third thing that you'll do is you'll write that activity based job description and then the fourth thing that you'll do is you'll take another look at your core values what do i mean you need to remind yourself of what the core values of the firm are or that your company your business Uh, if you're a sole proprietor, you're reminding yourself about you and and who you are and what's important to you. Why do you do this? Because any new team member has to be in line with your core values. If they're not in line with your core values, it's going to cause more disruption to have a new person on than to just leave the, the position vacant. So, what are you going to do? You're going to get input from your team. Second, you're going to review your budget. Third, you're going to write an activity-based job description. Fourth, you're going to look at your core values to know how, who you're going to hire and what they're going to what they look like. And the fifth thing that you're going to do is you're going to write down the expectations of the position, the goals, the tasks, objectives for the position, how they be measured. Uh, knowing this beforehand gives you an advantage in the interview process and then even after the candidate comes on board. This is not the same thing as the activity-based job description. The activity-based job description is what the cli- what the candidate will be doing as an employee. The fit, number five is the expectations of the position. How will that candidate be measured? What will they be measured against? Will they have to have a certain amount of hours in the job? Will they have to make a certain number of contacts with potential clients? Will they have to uh, meet certain goals or quotas? All of that should be determined beforehand so that the, the new candidate has a clear focus and expectation and knowing what you expect of them and what they should be expecting of themselves. So now when you've hashed out these five things, you might be ready to start looking for the right candidate. All right, so let's. that was the first point of when you should hire. Let's go on to the next point. It's also very important. It's who should you hire? You know that people are not your greatest asset. That's been said so many times in business. It's actually the right people are your greatest asset. Uh, Jim Collins, author of Good to Great, says that in his book that it's more important to have the right people than what those people will be doing. It is first who, then what. That's the principle. It's the first who, then what. It's more important to get somebody who is competent, who is energetic, who fits your values, and then find a place for that person rather than the other way around. So in point four, as we talked about before, we talked about how important it is that you look at your core values in your hiring process. There are a lot of books that discuss uh, what that means. Uh, Some of them, talk about emotional intelligence. Jim Collins talks about level five leadership. Uh, John Maxwell talks about level five leadership. What makes a good team player? Uh, Basically, they all have to do with aligning the values of the individual with the values of the business. Uh, In uh, Patrick Lianzioni's Five Dysfunctions of a Team, he describes an individual who's very competent uh, does well at their job, but it's not committed to the success of the team. The values are not in line. And so they, because they didn't have the same values as the other team members, that kept the most important function of that team working. And that's trust. If you don't have somebody on the team that everybody can trust to do their job, to pull their weight, to have the commitment to the entity, the organization, there won't be any trust and trust is so important in any organization. And that's how, that's why in this point, uh, who you should hire should have the same values, should be trustworthy, should be a team player. The next point is how you should hire. And this isn't really a description of the process that you're gonna go through, uh, whether you put an ad in the newspaper or Indeed or where you find candidates. Or if you should use a headhunter, um, instead it's it's a long-term growth strategy. How do you find, recruit, train, and develop staff for your next generation leadership? Uh, I believe every organization should have a path for leadership. It's so important. This isn't necessarily a program, but it's a it's part of the culture of the organization. How you should hire for us has always been intern to advisor either intern as business to business advisor or intern to tax advisor or intern to financial advisor. What we want to do is we want to hire people who are right out of school or still in school, train them, get them a part of our culture as much as possible, and then develop them in their competency, developing them and and how the other team members trust them that is how we we choose to grow it's not often that i hire from the outside sometimes i just have to and that's where that those other questions come into place in the in the first point but in our long-term strategy for growth we have to have a plan for developing and training leaders and sometimes people come in as staff accountants and we want to develop them to where in three to five years they're leading other people and that they're a part of you know an ingrained part of our team for us we treat all interns as if they're a full-time staff the only concession that we make is our are their schedule sometimes they still have school and so we work around that school schedule but we really try to if if they're willing to be all in, that we we treat them as all in. All right, so then the last question, last part of this is what to do if you made a hiring error? What do I mean by a hiring error? It can be a lot of things. For our firm, it's usually obvious when somebody doesn't fit with our culture. A lot of times during the interview, a candidate will, will show signs of having our values, but when they come to work, and they become an employee, they quickly shed that interview persona. You know what I'm talking about? That thing that, that, you know, makeup, hair, uh, suit, tie, whatever they do to put on for the interview. As soon as they get hired, they take it off and you see the real person. Well, sometimes, you know, we try to look for values uh, in that interview process so that when they do take off the interview persona those values are still there uh but there are times when the uh, true self is shows up and those values are not in line so what do we look for in the first 90 days to determine whether or not there's been a hiring error uh first of all do i have to manage that employee if i have to watch somebody like a hawk, if i have to micromanage somebody, then I have made a hiring error. I hate to manage people. I want self-motivated, fully disciplined, fully all-in people that will go after, go the extra mile, serve our clients, serve the, the other staff, uh, just have a servant's heart. And if I, if if they have to be managed, then I've made a hiring error. Uh, Second, anybody who is a gossip or tries to turn team members against each other, uh, those people should be removed immediately. I don't even take time to investigate those people. Um, Our team works really well together right now. And if for any reason, after that person is hired, there's like animosity between team members, I don't have to ask questions. I say, I'm sorry this isn't working out, and they are dismissed. I, I just I, I cannot have somebody the Bible calls it sewing discord. I just won't allow it at my firm. And neither should you. The the next reason to to look the thing to look for in the first 90 days is competency. Does their competency match the resume? Uh sometimes I know I I know that there's a learning curve with every new employee. However, uh, if a new person uh, comes in after several weeks and I'm still doing their job or I've got other team members that are still doing their job um, or they seem to just, they don't learn from the corrections or the adjustments that that they are asked to make, um, then we've made a hiring error and their competency does not match their resume. Now, a lot more uh, freedom is given to interns uh, because interns, you're discovering what they're good at and where to place them. And so sometimes for them, we need to find the right seat on the bus uh, instead of whether or not they should be on the bus. The next thing I look for in any type, any new staff is the grass is greener syndrome. I've hired a couple of people in the past, and as soon as I hired them, we see on Indeed that they've updated their resume. It's crazy. I, I, I don't understand that. They're still, want, they're still putting out resumes. This is just a stepping stone for them. And in those instances, I just give them the next step. I just, I cut them loose. I say, listen, it, you know, if you're not here committed to our company, then why don't you go over to the, the other grass and see if it is really greener. We help them on their way. The last thing, and let me <clears throat> let me review that these first 90-day things to look for, is do you have to manage the employee? Are they a gossip? Does the competency match the resume? Do they have the grass is greener syndrome? And the last thing, are they too good to take out the trash? Now, what do you mean by that, Brandon? Well, uh, if a team member is too good to do the menial things, If they think that those tasks are below them, then I've made a hiring error. I I once hired an executive assistant. She worked in in San Angelo uh, for probably a week. maybe I can't remember if it was even that long. But she had said something to me about, you know, because the position, the responsibilities of that position, the reception, executive assistant, each day was to make the coffee for the office, take out the main trash to the the trash in the back. It wasn't taking out the trash to the dumpster, it was just taking the trash to the main trash in the back. And she said that I was being sexist for for asking her to do that. So when she said that, and I I was going back and forth to North Texas at the time and I was in North Texas, I drove 3 hours to get here to Uh, dismiss that employee I just it's not any of my staff accountants CPAs tax attorney all the people working for me right now are committed to our firm and if I ask them if we're like like a a group meeting and I ask one of them to pick up the tables or pick up the chairs or we're working together to clean not one of them would say no every one of them would participate everyone would help out uh, because we're all hands on deck for the firm, um, I I am I try to to model that servant leadership that I'm not too uh, high and mighty to pick up trash that I see on the floor, clean up after um, other people. It doesn't matter to me. I just want the firm to look the best. I want the firm to operate smoothly, and whatever needs to be done, that's what we do. And I, I think that if somebody ever If everybody on staff has that mentality, you're going to have a really good, solid team member. But if they don't have that mentality, do not hesitate. Let them go. So now what do you do if you've determined that you made a hiring error? Um, I think it depends on the person and the situation. Some people may not be in the right seat on the bus. Uh, If you haven't heard or, or read Good to Great by Jim Collins, he goes into pretty good depth about what that means uh you might if instead of asking to to get off the bus you might ask them to change seats they may be competent in other areas and they may be a really good fit fit there have been times in the past where i, I had a team member that you know was great personality all the other team members liked her but she couldn't perform the work and so that was a competency issue, and we had to, to let her go. Uh, that was a hard, the probably the hardest termination I've ever had to do because we did care for her so much. Okay, so now you determine that you've made a hiring error. What do you do? Well, there are a lot of things that you can do. Um, you can see if there's another place that they'll fit in the in the firm. You can see if there's a uh, somebody that you know that might have a position available. You may just the best thing to do, I think, is just be firm and terminate the relationship. It is better for the person to do it quickly instead of just dragging it on and, and waiting to make that decision. Um if somebody doesn't fit, then you may be losing respect of your team members. You may be creating more discord in your team and dysfunction in your process, and so the best thing to do is to terminate quickly and either decide whether or not you need to rehire or just disperse the responsibilities to the other team members. Well, this is a little bit longer uh, podcast than I think we're going to do in the future, but I think it's a good one. The people question is a is a question that a lot of business owners ask and they struggle with it. I know it. I struggle with it. It never gets easier to terminate not saying that some people are not easier to terminate than others, but the overall decision is not an easy one. And then the the decision to hire, that's not an easy one as well. So I hope this helps you. Uh, Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching for Profit, where I believe that profit equals your gross potential minus your barriers. Thanks for listening.